Kwaba. Welcome back to the Team Ghana U podcast, by size where you receive news, updates, discussion, and everything significant football and Ghana related. As always, I want you, the listeners, to be as involved by tweeting or emailing us for discussion or wanting more information. Hello and welcome back to the Team Ghana U podcast. Um, thank you guys for joining me this week. Um, I feel there are a number of different things that I would like to get through this week. Namely, actually, um, probably more so a discussion between, I think it was John Pansil and, and, and Badu, actually. Badu, formerly of Udinese, and Pansil, formerly of Fulham. And I'm going to very briefly actually go through some articles which I saw via, I think it's Ghana Soccer Net. Actually, yeah, it discusses John Pansil and I think the latter ones. Um, no, 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 I'm quite sure it is Badu. It says Inkum, but I'm quite sure it's Badu who was having the discussion. Um, but this one here, no, no, yeah, so it discusses um, and Badu. Um, Inkum might have been part of that discussion as well, but um, the final one, yeah, Badu. Yeah, so I'm going to run through these very, very briefly. And then there are a number of different things I think I've seen on social media, which I think have some really interesting takes, which I would like to run through. So, yeah, actually, let's run through this very, very quickly. So the article um, is via Ghana Soccer and this one is regarding John Pansil. Um, so his former Ghana Stars defender, John Pansil, has blamed Ghana's poor Africa Cup of Nations due to a lack of unity within the national team. The Black Stars failed to win a single game in the Ivory Coast, Exiting the tournament at the group stage for the second successive time. Now, um, that is really, really poor for for a nation um, the size of Ghana. Not only the size of Ghana, but obviously with our football history within the continent. And actually being four-time winners and I think probably the third most successful side within the tournament. So it really, really, really is poor. And actually it's an indictment on where we currently are. And I guess there have been a number of different times where... Sorry, where I've... um, I've probably tried to bring, hopefully, maybe a bit of optimism in regards to maybe turning the, turning, turning the corner in some respect as to maybe a technical director coming in in regards to recruitment and the development of, of, of young boys and girls within Ghana, but at the same time also with the appointment of Chris Hewton, someone who's experienced. But it just hasn't worked. And I'm going to continue reading this um, this article and then I'm going to get to what an interview I saw between... Um, and Badu and also Pansil. And in fact, it, it talks about it here, so I'm going to continue. Pansil, who was speaking on UTV's United Showbiz, believes the players were unlucky while blaming the entire team also for lacking leadership qualities. The players were unlucky, he said, but we also lack leadership quality. This is from the top, from the technical team, and when you're working with such players, you have to stand up with your game, he added. The boys are not united. When I say they were unlucky, there are a lot of things they were lacking. That is very, very true. There are so much individual brilliance and they did not play as a team. Pansel revealed that... Sorry, Pansel revealed what made the Black Stars strong during his time, claiming there was a strong bond. I'll leave it there in regards to that one and let me see what the other um, articles say. Former Black Stars um, defender Samuel Unkum believes the only way to revive Ghana football is to invest in youth football. That is a no-brainer. And I think that's what was discussed, obviously, on this platform as well. Things that were discussed on this platform on UTV were... John Pansel was talking about um, there's a difference between the national team and the difference between Ghana and football. And while I understand the the distinction between the two, I think the problem is the whole thing, generally speaking. And I think he was kind of like pointing the finger. So I don't want to say pointing the finger, but he was discussing more so the need for these clubs to actually develop the youth and the issues no he wasn't blame no there is um um the responsibility lies with somebody 
but he was discussing more so having a football club is not as easy as it sounds. You know, there's branding um, and a number of different things that actually going into actually running a football club. And I guess so when you're not doing so properly or because you've got so much in your plate, it can be difficult to actually um, focus your attention on what might be your bread and butter in regards to developing youth players, etc., etc. But with that being said, and I'm going to read the rest of this article, and I think what you'll find here in the UK or anywhere else, to be fair, is that the actual national team or the Football Association will play a major part. I'm not talking about in supporting these football clubs, but in terms of running initiatives in which will develop young boys and young girls to get them into football. And I guess when that isn't happening as when that so I guess when that isn't happening or as well as it should be happening, then what you're gonna find is um the house is gonna forward in at some given point. And this moment in time the house is well and truly um on its knees and, and has crumbled. And it doesn't matter what um football side does, um it's important not important, it's very, very difficult to to have un unity is not the right word. It's very, very difficult to have a very successful youth setup within the country if the football association isn't doing what it should be doing. There's no one club that can hold down the fort for the rest of the um, the clubs um, in the country. That's just not possible. Um, I don't even think it's possible for even two, three clubs. But what you're finding, or certainly my my grievances, they're not grievances actually. I guess they're more. Um, sticking points at this moment in time a lot of the boys who are coming through the systems are coming through what would be independent football clubs so you're talking about schemes and and the, let's call them schemes schemes like such as the right to dream academy now a number of boys yeah a number of boys have come through that system and they have not come through what would be the Ghanaian football association system or through maybe one of the academies obviously um, or through some of the academies um, in Ghana well, certainly the the more successful ones that we're we're aware of, and I find that quite alarming that um, an independent project um, is seemed or deemed to be more successful at developing boys and girls than the football association because you would think certainly off the top of your head, and I could be wrong, and I and I stand right to be corrected that the association would have more resources certainly from the outset outset sorry than the Right to Dream Academy or any other. Um, independent organization working in Ghana. Again, I stand to be corrected, and it wouldn't surprise me if it was the um, the other way around in regards to. Certainly, I know the Right to Dream Academy now have a lot more resources, but I'm talking about from the from the very outset because there've been a number of boys who have been successful, such as um, oh my God, Kudis Mohammed. So like he's now let's just say he's 25, 26. You know, when the Right to Dream Academy started, you know that was 10, 15. So that was a good 20 years ago. Do you know, like Kudis Mohammed would have been inducted or certainly part of that academy um, when he was a, when he was when he was a lot younger, do you know? So I imagine the resources, the Right to Dream Academy are completely different then as to they would have now. Um I think it was definitely a lack of structure. I think it's definitely a lack of organization. And I think no one's I think I think people have got no one no one to blame but themselves as to why we're in this situation. Um yeah, no one to blame but themselves in this situation. But what I'm gonna do, I'm gonna read these articles anyway, and then when and then when hopefully we we can knuckle down into one or two things that I've seen. I want to talk about one or two other bits and pieces. Some of the stuff in regards to where Ghanaian football is, I've discussed this so many different times. It becomes a bit boring. It is. It, it comes a bit boring after a while because I don't want to um, have this moany kind of persona. Anyway. Um, moving forward, that's the article. If we want to see the Black Stars um, thrive again, we have to focus on the young one, Coles Football, into school, for, into schools, 
That is where the government should focus," he said. "I have no idea why those, why those, why those, um, why those um, schemes or, or programs stopped. And it seems when those programs stopped, we stopped developing boys and even girls. I'm not too sure whether girls were playing at this stage, but we stopped developing um, good young footballers, which is why you've got a lot of independent schemes who have either come into Ghana or who have been more successful in recent time." You have to have the football association involved in the whole process. Yes, um, a football club can can develop can develop footballers. Yes, they'll go out, they'll do the talent identification, they'll do the development, etc., etc. But if you got not the, if you haven't got the football association doing their bit in regards to providing accessibility for these people to take part in these programs, it's just not going to be possible. It doesn't work like that. Anyway. Asked why the attention has switched away from youth football. Income added. It seems the Black Stars. Is exciting. We'll soon see. And they get a lot of they, they get a lot of sponsorship. There is money there, but we forget that that is where the players come from. I don't quite understand that. But what I will do is I'll touch on there is money there. So there's been a lot of sponsorship and there's been a lot of investment in regards to Ghanaian football. So in, in, in the Afcon, the Afcons has been the most successful tournament we've had, in my opinion, since in my in my lifetime. And with that becomes funding, sponsorship, etc., etc. For me. I don't want to hear nothing other. So I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear any excuses as to there is no money. There is money available to invest into these youth programs. We just got to make sure we we invest it correctly, and that goes into actually um, investing in the right national team manager as well. Um, finishing this article, it says this is where most of us were made. Myself, Emmanuel um, Badu, and John Panzer were all products of youth football. Okay, let me get into the last article. Um, Ah, this is interesting. Okay, cool. Um, former Ghana defender um, Samuel Inkum opposes some calls for the disbandment of the Ghana Football Association. At this point, it wouldn't surprise me. Um, Inkum believes that disbanding the FA will not be the solution to Ghanaian football football's challenges after another disappointing showing at the Afcons. I don't believe that is the answer to anything. Actually, despite my my little joke. Ghana suffered a group stage exit at the AFCONs in Ivory Coast, marking a second successive earlier elimination. This has prompted to widespread criticism, with some individuals taken to the streets to demonstrate against the GFA and missed calls for dismantlement of the current GFA administration led by President Koto Kraku. Now, it's interesting because I think um, in one of our previous podcasts, either the one the one previous or the one before that, I discussed him very, very briefly. Now, I actually think there was a lot of... Yeah, no, no, you've got, you got to give credit credit where credit is due. Now, it's not to say that good work hasn't been done. So I think the appointment of someone to be involved in the technical work, obviously, within the FA in regards to the developing or players, I think that was a good move. But the fact that that individual is now no, now long, now no longer there, question marks have to be... Uh, or questions now need to be asked of the president as to why that is and when are we going to fill that void because actually that void is quite telling at this moment in time with our second elimination in a row of the group stages and our and our and our exit at the world cup at what was the first hurdle and while i thought there was in some respect a good showing the general consensus is that the showing wasn't good enough continue with the article it is not the this it's not the dissolution of the FA that will help us, but what I would add is they should be a there should be there should also be a receptive they should also be receptive to the ideas others bring on board because we're all looking for the best interest of the game. He marked that's really interesting. Ghana have not won a 
Ghana have not won a game in the last two AFCON appearances, and many believe it's due to the flawed system that needs to be changed. Can I be honest here? It's, actually, it's an absolute disgrace that we've not won a game in the last two AFCONs. This will go down as one of the worst eras of Ghanaian football. Easily. Certainly over the past 20, 30 years. No doubt about it. Now, what I'm going to do very quickly, I'm going to go through some of these images I have to discuss, obviously, Ghanaian football. Um, now, it's interesting because despite the fact that not even despite the fact, I thought also there's a number of a number of great showings at the World Cup for the Ivory Coast. I think were phenomenal to be fair. In fact, what I'm going to do, I'm going to start with them. No, 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 no. Yeah, I'm going to start with them. Now, their manager. Um, do you know? What? I don't even know their manager's name. In fact, here we are, Mercy Faye. Or and I apologise if I if I mispronounce his name. Now he's come into the tournament and taken over Jean Louis Gassat, who was sacked during the Afcons after a poor start. And I think he left after the second game when they lost 4-0. He came in, won the third game, and has gone on to win the tournament. Beating Nigeria, who was certainly one of the favourites for the tournament. I mean, the final, sorry. Um, but there was also another huge game as well. I've completely missed out. They beat Senegal. Massive, massive win. So for me, like Senegal were the overwhelming favourites favorites for the tournament. So to beat them, we've done extremely well. Now, I watched a video from an individual, and I don't want to forget his name. His name is... Ah, it's your boy Hass. So, yeah, it's your boy Hass. And he said something which I thought was incredible. All right? He said, Immersi Faye should be in with a shout to win FIFA Coach of the Year. His story is incredible. As in, he's gone from taking over a side who were almost down and out. They qualified for the, for the second round and have gone on to win the tournament. Phenomenal story. Not only that, I want to give a honorary shout out to oh my god, where's my um, um Sebastian Haller? Like, not only have they got a phenomenal story, obviously, in their coach taking over um, after the second game, you've got a phenomenal story in Sebastian Haller and what he went through with um, surviving, obviously, the cancer scare and then going on to um, win, score the winning goal in the final. Phenomenal story. There's been some so many great backdrops to this tournament. One, it being in the Ivory Coast, and obviously, I think the phenomenal infrastructure that was there and was put in place for the tournament and then the stories of Senegal, Nigeria, Cameroon and Ghana despite the fact there was a, a horror show and I think there were some great stories and great backdrops to the, um, to the tournament so for me it was a phenomenal tournament but with that being said I do believe he should be in with a shout for FIFA coach of the year I don't want to see no nonsense Guardiola and um, I don't know someone who might have won the Euros not interested this is a phenomenal story and I think this is something that needs to be highlighted certainly when it comes around to the FIFA's best or FIFA's uh, FIFA awards you know what that nonsense anyway um, but something um, ah something um, it's your boy said it's your boy Hass said was he said support your own the last three AFCON winners, managers, have been African. Really, really interesting. So this is from Mercy Faye um, for Ivory Coast, Alou Cisse for Senegal, and the coach of Algeria as well. Support your own. I felt that was really poignant, him saying that, because I feel there's a lack of that. And I think in recent years, I think we have begun to see that. But prior to that, there was a lot of... European coaches coming in, etc., 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 and I just find that I've always found it a bit. I've always been a bit uncomfortable with it, actually. I've been being honest. You know, I've always I've almost looked at it as a stepping stone for some people to go into to then go into Europe and then coach there. Whereas that shouldn't be the case. You're never going to find anyone um, um, 
doing the England job with the idea that it's going to be a stepping stone to then get another job. The national team coach should be one of the highest orders or highest achievements um, in the game, irrespective of where you're from. It really should be. It should be an honour. But at this moment in time, I'm not too sure what the level of respect we or other people have for that position. I find it really interesting. Um, but I think this tournament, I think, will go some way to dispelling some of the, the myths around the tournament because I think there's been a lot of engagement around the tournament, a lot of fanfare for those who are football lovers and for those who are casual casual watchers. I think it's been really, really good. Massive shout-out to Nigeria. Now, I know they lost in the final, but I think they were really good. Yeah, I think they were, I thought they were really good throughout the tournament. I wish I saw a little bit more of Osimhen, if I'm honest, as in him scoring goals, etc., etc. But I know he's had his own setbacks in recent time and... Sometimes it takes a bit of time to get back into the swing of things. But generally speaking, I thought they had a good tournament. Massive tournament from William Econ, and someone who I know personally. Um, I was really proud of his showing at the tournament. and really glad that he actually managed to pick up player of the tournament. So congratulations to him. I think there was one more thing that I wanted to touch on. Um, no, there isn't anything else I want to touch on. Um, but generally speaking, um, I, I, I really don't know where to go from here. I really don't know. I mean, me personally, I know where to go. But as to where Ghanaian football goes, I'm not too sure. I just generally think it's an absolute state. The idea... Um, I don't know. I think it's just an absolute state. Um, thank you for your time. And I guess I look forward to seeing you in the next couple of weeks. Um, sorry. Yeah, before I go, um, there was one or two things that I actually wanted to mention before I finished the podcast. I kind of like just skipped over them because I was quite excited in regards to the, the Man of the Year Award um, for the Ivory Coast. Wilfred Zaha. Now, I find a little bit funny. This is not a pop at him in any way, shape, or form. But I find it really funny how life works in regards to... I don't know why Wilfred Zaha didn't go to the tournament, but I'm, I, there's an assumption for me that was a bit of a snub or he chose to stay in Turkey and play for Galatasaray rather than actually go to the tournament. Which is cool. Well, it's cool for him if that's what he wants. Um, and I hope he wasn't... I hope there wasn't a snub anyway. Um, but I guess I read somewhere... Or there was a picture or an image of Lewis Zaha, also Lewis Zaha, I've done it again. Wilfred Zaha choosing obviously not to go to the tournament and then obviously the Ivory, Ho the Ivory Coast going to win it. And I just think it's mad how life works because I feel Wilfred Zaha is someone who has always had so, so, so much promise and I believe he should have played probably at the highest level. I really believe that. Not that he hasn't, but I, f I feel that he didn't quite fulfil his potential as much as he, as he, as he has. Um, so I find it a shame that he didn't go on to win the tournament. And there was one last thing I wanted to mention as well, which I didn't quite um, um, touch on within some of the Ghana stuff. We're back on the subject of giving local players opportunities. And whilst I'm actually in for that, 120%, ultimately I think you need to be good enough to play for the national team. Now, I feel if local players are being snubbed ahead of players who are playing in the continent or the diaspora um, for some strange reason, then that is wrong. But if you're not good enough to play for the national team, then ultimately I feel... It's a cry. It's a far cry, you know? Um, yeah, I think it's a far cry. I just feel we're going back to that place where there's almost a bit of division. We should be giving local players opportunity. Whereas these players who are now playing on the, on the continent, they were once local players, you know? We're just going to continually have that cycle of conversation and debate as to giving local players opportunity. The local players will then become um, better players and potentially garner moves to Europe. And then at some point, you know, you can't always be successful. And then there's going to be another conversation in regards to local players. I think we need to 
find herself or bring herself to a point where we are all one. We are all Ghanaian. It's not your fully Ghanaian, you're half Ghanaian, etc., etc. No, we're all one. We're all in this together. This is a massive, massive problem. But ultimately, I think, as was said in these discussions, obviously, with um, um, Badu, Pansil and Inkum, um, there needs to be a lot of investment into youth football to create this 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 pathway for local players, um, those born in Ghana, to actually have further opportunities when it comes to playing football at the top level. And that's it for this week. Um, thank you for your time and look forward to seeing you in a couple of weeks. That's it for this week's episode. We'll be posting as usual via social media, keeping up with the stories and unfold in the coming weeks. As always, you've got any questions or queries, email us at teamgarnieu at gmail.com or tweet or DM us at teamgarnieu on IG or Twitter. Thank you. Take care. We'll see you in a couple of weeks.